Luke chapter 10. I tell you, I just think I have an excess of fluid in my head because it keeps leaking out this morning. And, uh, yeah, we need some more water in the baptismal pool anyway, don't we? Okay, um, I want to say one thing before we get into the message, and that is this, and it's been said many times already, that God is worthy. God is worthy. God is worthy. Yes, he is. So we hear that and we we understand that. We, we believe it. But are we willing to allow ourselves to take position at his feet and listen to what the master has to tell us? Think about your life. I think about mine. When is the last time that you took that position? Or have you remained in the driver's seat and been the one in control wearing the supervisor hat uh that's me i i long to be like the person that we're gonna talk about today And I'm afraid that many times I am not that person. (laughs) Give me just a minute. I'll be okay. (laughs) Okay. Everybody breathe. I feel like everybody stopped breathing. I feel like I stopped breathing. Okay. So uh, God is worthy. Do we appreciate that? Do we understand that? Do we take our position in that statement? Um, I don't think we do as often as we should, and I, I'll tell you why. I think it's mainly because we don't appreciate time. We, we try to accomplish so much in a day. Um, we teach our kids from very young ages uh, to be, you need to be capable of getting up, doing this, going here, going there. Uh, spending time here, practicing there, studying here. Then you need to go over here and you need to go over there. And then you need to get home and you need to get in the bed and go to sleep. And we do this to them because we do it to ourselves because we have so much to accomplish in a day, so much to do. And then at the end of the day, we're so exhausted and so tired, we can't even remember what we've accomplished and what we have left to do. And we can't even remember where the list is that we made so that we wouldn't forget to do these things. So we don't appreciate time. We take it for granted. We assume that we're always going to have time. Like when we're kids and we think our our parents are always going to be there. And then we grow up and they grow up and then one day they're not there. And we feel like we do on the day we get married. And my spouse is always going to be there. We expect them to always be there. And we keep thinking, I've got time, I've got time. And C.S. Lewis said this about time. It's so smart, so funny, so true. He said, the future is something which everyone reaches at the rate of 60 minutes an hour. I'm going to say that again. I need to hear it again. 
The future is something which everyone reaches at the rate of 60 minutes an hour. And that's true, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't matter if you're sitting in a doctor's office waiting to get in, if you're watching a movie, um, if you're at a ball game or watching television. The hour that just passed the same amount of time for you and the same amount of time for me. And, you know, as I was thinking about that this week and as I thought about time and how I spend my time and how I waste my time, uh, I thought about those people all those years ago that had the opportunity to walk with Jesus and be with Jesus. And I wonder if they realized how precious their time with him was. My guess would be that they're a lot like us, and probably not. And when he was gone, oh, how they longed that he were still, for him to still be there, that he was still with them. So as we think about that and think about how precious our time is that we do spend with him, I want us to look at Luke chapter 10, and we're going to begin with verse number 38. <clears throat> and we're going to read about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Let me read that again. I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> I put the emphasis in the wrong place. Okay. <clears throat> and she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, 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 Martha. <laughs> thou art careful and troubled about things but one thing is needful you are troubled about many things but one thing one thing is needful and mary hath chosen that good part which shall not taken from her mary is where she needs to be i will not move her we'll stay there so we know we know from other passages in the Bible that the town that they're talking about here is Bethany, which is just a few, few miles away from the place where Jesus' body is going to soon be laid to rest. And as we read through the Scriptures, we understand that he made a habit of kind of stopping in at, at this house because these people were his friends. And he enjoyed spending time with them. Um, whenever, he was, whenever he was in the neighborhood... Maybe he loved the way that Martha could whip up a Martha Stewart meal. And she was a good cook, possibly. And maybe, uh, maybe Lazarus was a good friend to Jesus after the death of John the Baptist, maybe. But I think that it was more something about Mary that Jesus enjoyed. And something that I think you and I can learn from today. Something that we probably thought we had learned already and probably feel to some extent we do, but do we really? So I want you to think of, about this for just a minute. Let's think about a party at a house because that's kind of what's going on here, a party at a house. 
You got Lazarus and he's stretched out on the floor and he's reaching for the chips and salsa. And you've got the disciples and they're laid out all over the furniture watching the game. And you've got Martha in the kitchen and she's chopping and, and stirring and cooking and baking. And, and as scripture said, distracted by all the preparation made. And she's wishing she really had somebody there to help her cut up the vegetables because it's just getting to be. But the Bible says Mary wasn't with either of those two. She was in another place. She was at the Lord's feet. And she had a privileged position. A privileged position that really anybody in the house could have had had they chosen to be there. It's a position that you and I can have if we choose to be there as well. And these, these positions that these people took were familiar ones because I, I believe that each time that this house was frequented that this is the things that these people were doing I think Martha was in the kitchen I think Lazarus was laid out all the women say just like a man I don't know maybe not maybe not but Mary realized the importance of taking advantage of each moment <clears throat> she had with Jesus and so we read in another instance where uh, about a week or so before he, he died, Mary was there and she took out a, a pint of pure nard, Scripture tells us, which is a, uh, a precious ointment. And she took that and she anointed Jesus' feet with that. And here's the deal. She didn't realize what she was doing was getting him ready for his burial getting him ready for his burial. So, Mary saw the importance of focusing all of her attention, all of her attention on Jesus. And she understood that when you're in the presence of somebody that is truly worthy, when, the, when you're in the presence of somebody who is worthy, then every moment is precious. Do you understand that? That makes sense. Do we show the people in our lives that we love that they're worthy of our I sometimes wonder. But let me be clear about this first. I think that, that there's really nothing wrong with putting your feet up and resting like Lazarus did. I don't think there's anything. I, I think there's something wonderful and something special about people who love to spend their time in the kitchen and cook and enjoy doing that for people. I, what, what, what would the world be if people didn't know how to rest and if people didn't know how to cook and enjoy doing those things but jesus said that the most important thing here was what mary was doing we need to know that given our full and undivided attention to the one in the room who is worthy is the most important thing for us to do that that holds true in a church service that holds true in your devotion time giving him what he is worth give him what he deserves because he's worthy you know when we're with our friends and with our family it's important for us to show them that they are worth our time you believe that do you have people in your life family friends that are worth you spending time they're worth your time absolutely absolutely so think about this when when all we're interested in is watching the ball game when we have a child who's trying to show us 
something that they made at school that day. We need to let that child know he's worth our time and stop watching. Stop watching that game. When we're in the kitchen and we're trying to make sure that we get that casserole just right, and we've got a friend in there with us who's pouring out their heart to us, then the casserole can wait. We need to take the time to spend with that individual, with that person who has given us their heart, given their heart to us. Because we don't know how much time we have left. And we need to take advantage of these times. And I don't want to sound gloomy, but I also want to encourage you to live your life in a way that when you do reach the end of it, you don't have any regrets and you're not going there with regrets. But rather that you have realized what and who is worthy of your attention. What and who is worthy of our attention. Now at this feast that we read about here, everybody was too wrapped up with their own distractions. Lazarus, Martha, and, and the rest of the guests. Too, too wrapped up in their own little world. But Mary somehow got it. Mary somehow had figured it out. She understood that Jesus was so precious and that she had him here and she was going to take advantage of that. There's a, a book out there called The Knowledge of the Holy written by A.W. Tozer. Many of you may know who that is. But he said this, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. History will positively demonstrate that no religion has ever been greater than its idea of God. It is impossible to keep our moral practices sound and our inward attitudes right while our vision of God is inadequate. So what we must do is to begin to think of God more and more nearly as He is. And here's the deal. If we're not doing that, then our list of th things to be thankful for is going to be too short, and the things that we want to complain about are going to be too many, and the burden of discouragement that I'm sure each of us feel at times is going to be too heavy if we don't do like Mary. And what did Mary do? She stopped, and she focused on Jesus, and listen, she opened her ears to hear what He had to say. How many of us are willing to just be still and listen to what God has to tell us? Or are we too ready to jump back and say, well, I don't like that, or I don't believe that, or I agreed with the first thing, but not the second thing. Or God, you just, Jesus, you lived way back then. You don't know anything about life today. <laughs> are, we so, are we so silly that we believe that or that we think that? Sometimes I think we do. But listen to this. Jesus is the only all-sufficient one. The only one. And He didn't need anybody else. He didn't need anybody else. Nobody else did He need, let me say that, to be forever content and forever joyful. He didn't need anything else. But what He did do is He created you and me so that we could have the unsurpassed honor of knowing who he is. Well, doesn't he think a lot of himself? Isn't he high and mighty? And my answer to that is yes. And rightly so. And rightly so. He is the only perfectly good being in this world. And he lavishes his love and his mercy and his grace 
on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. He is good to all people. Are you breathing? He is good to you. Can you see me? He is good to you. Are you are you feeling pretty good today health-wise? He is good to you. Do you have somebody you love sitting beside of you? He is good to you. Are you okay sitting by yourself because he's with you? <laughs> he is good to you. He's good to all of us. And he's not just good for those things. He's good for everything that needs some good in it. Like the government. He is, he is all we need for a good government. He is all we need for a good character. He's all we need to be a good parent. He's all we need to be a good friend. He is all that is good. And we lose our way without him. We lose our way without him. So Mary's position looks a little better than it. A little more important. A little bit more like I need to be with Mary at the feet of Jesus. I need to be there. And I tell you what, in this world, everybody, I don't care how much they love you and tell you they will never do it, but everybody in this world will eventually let you and me down. Everybody. I have let my wife down. I've let my son down. I have let everybody down in one way or another. Sorry, <laughs> but I'm not perfect. And that's, that's just the way it is. And we're learning to live this thing together, to love each other, to forgive each other, and to move on. Isn't that what God's trying to show us? But he's also showing us that in the middle of a world where you can't trust anybody, he is completely trustworthy. Completely. For everything. Completely trustworthy. He will never, he will never fail you. Never. He will never forsake you. Never. But you'll understand I've been sick for a month and the bills are piling up and the kids are driving me crazy and blah, 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 blah. But he is with you. And he has mercy and strength and grace enough for every moment of every day. And if you'll remember, uh, to take the words of an old secular song, I beg your pardon, he never promised you a rose garden. And the biblical way of saying that is in this world you will have trouble. But I have overcome the world. Trust me, he says. Trust me, he says. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So you can count on him. You can count on him for everything. He's our hope in this life. He's all we've got. He is all we've got. And he is a loving and giving God. And we need to try to understand that. And we, tr we need to allow that. We need to allow God to love us. We need to allow God to take care of us. Don't be so self-sufficient because you're not. You're going to end up one of these days with no energy, maybe no friends, and nobody around you because you've been so driven, that's all you cared about. But when we take the time to spend time with the people in our lives who are worthy of spending time with, and, if, and most especially, the most important thing, like Mary, if we spend time at the feet of Jesus, at the feet of the Master, and open up our ears to hear what He has to tell us, then there is wealth, there is treasure there, there is life there, there is hope and peace mercy and grace never ending never ending and we got to think about the nature of God too people God is holy he is perfect he is holy he is righteous and he is holy the best person on this earth whoever that may be haven't found him or her yet but the best one is like a like a disease bearing mosquito compared to him let's just 
as low as we can get. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe an amoeba, or I don't know. But that, that's, that's how they compare. That's how, how we compare. And in spite of all of our, sin, our sinfulness and our stubbornness, and there's that a plenty in my life, he has amazingly chosen to be self-sacrificing towards me. Self-sacrificing in that he gave his life for me. He laid down his life. He, first of all, he left the perfect companion, his father in heaven. <laughs> he left him to be with me, to be down here with us. Yeah, he took off his robe and his crown, if that's the way you want to look at it. And he came down here to be a mortal, to be a human being, to save us, to save us. And so many don't want that saving in this day and time because they don't understand it. They're under... They're under delusion. Uh, they just don't see it. And that's why it is up to us. We have the privilege of taking the good news and the light out into a dark world. Not because we're better and not so we can say, nan, nan, boo, boo, you're bad and I'm good. No, that's not why we go out there and do it. We go out there and share this good news because people are dying and going to hell, a very real hell. Hell is forever. Hell is, I don't even know what to compare it to right now, but it's awful. It's the worst possible thing, and it's real. And the opportunity is, here's Jesus. Hey, I want to save you. I want to forgive you of your sin. I want, I want to be your Savior. I want to be in your life. Can I come in? And you say yes. And bam, He is taking care of you like you never thought you could be taken care of before. It's so simple, though, William. Come on. Yeah, it is. And he made it that way because that's what I need. And that's what you need. We've talked about it. It's got to be simple. We complicate it because we don't say all the these and thous right. And I don't really know how to share my faith with anybody. Well, just go out and just love people. And Jesus is going to, he's just going to squirt out of you. I mean, that's not a very, uh, I don't know, very nice thing to say, I guess. But that's what happens, you know. You're, you're working out what he has worked in, right? You're working out what he has worked in. You just go out and you say, oh, these people are so hard to love and be around. But, but Father, you put me here and just use me. Use me. Because they're probably expecting me as a Christian to walk around and act like I ain't got nothing. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. When, when Jesus went to the very people that most of us would, would run away from, to show us that everybody deserves an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus. Everybody deserves an opportunity to sit at the feet of the Master. Who are we to keep that from them? Shame on me. Who are we to do that? He was willing to die for us. He was the totally innocent one that was willing to die for the totally guilty one. And that's, that's you too. <clears throat> and the beauty of all of that is if you just if you just ask him in and if you just trust him you confess that he's jesus the son of god he died for my sin he rose again i believe him i believe him i believe he is who he said he is and i believe he did what he said he did then he will be present with you in your life through the holy spirit in your life and you will realize that he had already defeated the power of sin and death, you just had to accept it. He's already defeated it. He's already victorious. Already. And that's where we are. So sum all this up, 
and I'm trying to finish because I know we've got a few things to do today. But let me say that above everything else, above everything else, God is worthy. God is worthy. And for those of us who understand that, for Christians who understand that, understanding that moves us to worship God. Amen? It moves us, it moves us to worship God. Worship is actually a contraction of the word worth-ship. Contract it, it's worship. Because he is worth it. He is worth our praise. He is worth our thoughts. He is worth our adoration. He is worth our love. In the New Testament, the word worth was based on weight. And it refers to a time when people did business with coins. And coins were minted. They were minted with the exact amount of metal that the coin declared to be its value. So what I mean is if you had a, a $20 gold piece, then it was worth $20. That makes sense, doesn't it? But the thing is, as, as you did business with these coins and as they were weighed out and as you held them in your hand, they lost some of their weight because they just wore off and they wore down. And so every now and then they would have to weigh those coins again to see if it was worth still worth $20 or, or less. Here's the thing. He never loses any of his worth. No matter how much you use him. No matter how much you need him. No matter how much you have to go to him. He never loses his worth. He is forever worthy. It does not diminish. Does not diminish. So the book of Revelation, I'm getting ready to finish up here. The book of Revelation declares that one day those of us who have put our trust in Christ will find ourselves moved to worship in a way that we never have, in a way that will absolutely blow our minds. Are we going to worship in heaven? Absolutely. Are there going to be other things that we do? I believe so. But boy, are we going to worship. You might say, I don't enjoy that. I don't think I want to do that. I think you will. Let's get started now. I think you will. So we're, I think we're going to be blown away. And, and, and here's, here's what we'll see as we, as we sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And as we look around and we see all these majestic, beautiful, angelic beings that are bowed down uh, to God. They're going to be singing, You are worthy, our Lord and God, receive glory and honor and power. Revelation 4.11 Worthy are you, O God, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Revelation 5.12. In Revelation chapter 7, John describes this. And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and honor and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto God forever and ever. Amen. Do you see the, the desire and the the effort given to use words that adequately describe him and tell him what he means to us. They fall short. We sang a song to start off with today. Worthy's not enough, but worthy's all we got. And so we use the word worthy. But maybe one day, I don't know, I don't know, this is just my imagination running. Maybe one day uh, he'll give us a word that we can use that adequately says how we feel. Or maybe he'll just look at us while we're just speechless <laughs> with tears in our eyes, maybe, or maybe not, and our mouth dropping to the floor and like, I'm in heaven and there's God. 
what can I say? What can I say? And maybe he'll just look at, it, at us and he'll say, I get it. I get you. Come on in. I don't want to diminish or minimize that in any way because it's going to be a glorious, glorious time. <clears throat> but let's go back to Martha, sweet little Martha. We all love a Martha in the kitchen, running around, knocking the pots and pans together, maybe sounding like she's cooking when really she ordered takeout and trying to make it sound like, I don't know. I don't think that's it. But Martha went to Jesus because Martha knew that I'll just tell Jesus what Mary's doing. I mean, if he can't see that she's just sitting there doing nothing, I'll just tell him that's what she's doing because everybody has a little bit of a tattletale in them, don't they? A little bit of, ah, look how hard I'm working and look how little she's working or he's working. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this by myself? Tell her to help me, please. And you know what he said? What did he say? Martha, 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 Martha. Uh, you are anxious and troubled about so many things, but one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary, and, and Mary has chosen that good position. I will not take that away from you. I will not take that away from you. So here's my encouragement to you this morning. Don't let the world take that away from you. There's going to be a lot of Lazarus-like and Martha-like distractions in your life. And they're going to pull you away from the one thing that is needful and the one thing that is important. And every day, and maybe several times a day, and maybe you're thinking, William, you're dreaming. But, hey, can't we all dream? <laughs> Once a day, several times a day, take some time and sit and talk to God. And even better, listen to God. Are you, do you understand listening to God? Can you listen to somebody you can't see or feel or touch? Give it a shot. See what happens. Read his word. Listen to what he tells you. Talk to him. Sing a song to him. Sit. And be a Mary. And guys, it's okay. Be a Mary. Be a Mary. You know, just do it. It's, it's a good thing. It is a needful thing. It is a privileged position. And we have the privilege and honor to do it. Are we doing it? Are we doing it like we need to be doing it? I want us all to stand. I'm going to ask our candidates for baptism to go on back. But I want the rest of us to stand. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. And just close your eyes. I know that would be uncomfortable for some, but I just want you to focus on a few things. And once again, the all-sufficient God became so self-sacrificing when he gave his life for us. He didn't, he didn't worry about the things on his to-do list that he had to get done before he did what we needed. He takes care of us. He never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And we can't even take the time to take a few minutes out to spend with Him. You know, it's good that we turn our radio stations to Christian music. I think that's awesome. It's good that we listen to preaching. That's a, that's a wonderful, good thing as well. But do you ever take time out just to push everything else out of the way and sit at His feet? Listen to Him and what He has to tell us. 
Because I'm, I'm here to tell you that what he has to show us and tell us in these moments in church and in those moments when we're by ourselves, he tells us the things that we need to keep us going. He tells us the things that we need to encourage us when everything else that we've heard that day has been a discouragement. Nothing has gone our way. Nothing has gone right. Nobody seems to care. And then you sit at his feet and you realize God cares. And he sees and he knows and he's working it out for my good. And through all of it, he is here with me. So he is with us. Are we going to draw near to him? I want the guys to play just some music softly. If there's anything that you need to respond to in this message today, you can come forward now. If you just want to come and kneel at his feet for a few minutes, you're welcome to do that. Whatever it is that you need, realize, though, that he has it. He has it for you.